0: Greening with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. It's officially over. I can look forward to the 2022-2023 season. I don't have to entertain flights of fancy with the (laughs) Lakers somehow, some way making a run over the last week of the regular season to get into the play-in tournament. We have that. We have Mel Kuyper Jr.
1: in just 15 minutes with the very latest on draft trades and who's shooting up boards. We've got Tiger can he actually compete at Augusta this week and a long-term extension that gets done that doesn't belong to Aaron Judge? Let's roll. Here we go! go, go. Only one place to start. Let's just get this out of the way, please. Yeah. The Lakers are a national
0: basketball atrocity. Let's just call it what it is. I said this months ago, I'm tired of talking about the Lakers. They are who they are. And at this point in time, they dead birds tall grass.
1: Only one place to start. Brought to you by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger always there to help. Call, click, granger.com, or just stop by. So they are officially out of the postseason this year. And Chris, this was just an utter disaster from front to back. And it began last offseason with LeBron James and Anthony Davis recruiting Russell Westbrook and somehow delusionally believing that that could be a triumvirate that could get it done with somebody in Westbrook who I still haven't found the team that he genuinely fits into as far as a winning formula. And I have to tell you, when I see LeBron erase the tweet from before the year, when back on August 4th he says, everybody, please, Keep this same energy all year about how <laughs> about how bad this is gonna be. And you deleted the tweet, bro. That's as bad as it gets. And I think, Chris, it puts a tidy little bow
0: on your Lakers season. I'm sorry to say that. Yeah, that's weak sauce by LeBron James deleting the tweet as if we don't remember him saying keep that same energy. Your LeBron James everybody's going to pay attention to every single thing that you say when it comes to basketball or when it comes to issues off the court. And for him to set the tone for their season in the way that he did and for it to end in the team being, what, 17 games under five hundred now is absolutely abysmal. There there is no world, Carlin, where I could have imagined as a Lakers fan that I would be talking about my team missing the play-in tournament. All you got to do is be 10th or better in the Western Conference standings in order to be in the playoffs or the play-in tournament. And the fact that you couldn't accomplish that on a team that had LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, and I guess you could say street clothes, but Anthony Davis hadn't really played in any of your games. Like, I mean, to say that going into the season, that the team would be 11th in the Western Conference, I couldn't have imagined that. But now we're talking about teams like the New Orleans Pelicans – and the San Antonio Spurs and the L.A. Clippers without having Kawhi Leonard and Paul George for the majority of the season and the Minnesota Timberwolves all being in the play-in tournament and the Lakers being on the outside looking in. It's unbelievable to think that this team could fall so far so fast, yet this is where we are.
1: It is ugly. It is sad. It is embarrassing on every front. Here's Frank Vogel last night after the game on Missing the Postseason.
2: Extremely disappointed, you know. Um, disappointed for our fan base. Disappointed for the bus family, you know, who gave us all uh, this opportunity. And you know, we want to uh, play our part in, in bringing success to to Laker basketball. And um, you know, we uh, we fell short,
1: to say the least. Falling short, seventeen games under five hundred. Falling short is is you know not making it barely. Seventeen games under five hundred is not falling. Short and think about this for a second. What a great note this morning from Nuno! This is just amazing to me. If you wanted to bet on the Lakers not making the playoffs, you could have gotten that at the beginning of the year at sixteen to one. If you like those odds, take the Orioles to make the playoffs because they're also sixteen to one. <laughs>
0: But that just goes to show you how unlikely it was that the Lakers would have this kind of season, right? Because there's no way that the O's are going to be better than the Rays, the Red Sox, and the Yankees, (laughs) or the Blue Jays. There's no chance that they have to make the playoffs in the AL East. No shot. But that's how far-fetched it would have been if you would have told me that the Lakers won't make the playoffs, but beyond that, won't even make the play-in. That, that's that's crazy to think that that's where this team is. But when you watched them play last night, Carlin, with Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis on the court, I mean, it wasn't even competitive against the Phoenix Suns. And I get it. The Phoenix Suns, by far and away, are the best team in the NBA when it came to regular season success, right? Yep. Like Like, the next closest team is the Memphis Grizzlies. And they're, what, seven, eight games clear in the win column of the Memphis Grizzlies. So Phoenix is a different standard when we're talking about regular season success. But that being said... It felt like a flashback to Lob City in the second quarter with Chris Paul throwing oops to DeAndre Ayton and JaVale McGee and Mikhail Bridges. Like it just it was comical watching that game last night. And as a Lakers fan, it's almost as if I'm tuning in to watch the car crash. Hey, how bad can my team be tonight? Because that's ultimately the only entertainment value I'm gonna get. I mean, between that and winning time on HBO, that's about all I got. Yeah. And I never thought that I would be resigned to being in this kind of position as a fan of that team, not with LeBron James on it. Go back to the early years of LeBron James when he was in Cleveland, the first go-round, and some of those teams that he drugged to the playoffs. Think about that. Think about those rosters, how bad they were, but yet you were able to say, you know what, the Cavs are going to be in the playoffs because they got LeBron James. That used to be good enough. Clearly it's not not
1: anymore.
0: It's not, and this is up there in one
1: of the biggest disasters in NBA history for a season. And it's funny. I I don't know that I'm pulling it fully up top yet because I still think, depending on what happens with the Nets, if they were actually out in the first round, it could be even worse. Uh, That could be even worse than what has happened to the Lakers this year, primarily because, I mean, we knew it was a possibility and even a probability that this wasn't going to work. I don't think we knew to this extent that it wasn't going to work. But it's not like there wasn't a discussion before the year, hence the LeBron tweet responding to all the haters out
3: there.
0: No, you're right about that. And you're starting to see people that are close to the Lakers brash try to get out in front of the narrative. Magic Johnson was on Get Up earlier this week. And he said that there were legitimate conversations between him and DeMar DeRozan's representation about trying to bring him home and make him a Laker. DeMar DeRozan being from Compton, interested in coming back to L.A. and running with LeBron and A.D., that was a thing, and yet – That conversation went nowhere because LeBron James started having conversations with Russell Westbrook and wanting to bring his buddy over to L.A. Now, anybody that knows anything about LeBron James-led teams knows that he's going to be the de facto point guard, and you have to surround him with shooters in order to space the floor properly. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you what Russell Westbrook has never been in his career. (laughs) A shooter. And beyond that, Russell Westbrook isn't effective when he's off the ball. We learned that when he was down in Houston. So what, what, what was the point in going that direction with Russell Westbrook over DeMar DeRozan, who scored the most points this season in the NBA? I, I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense. Jalen Rose said it earlier this week. He said if DeMar DeRozan were on the Lakers and not Russell Westbrook, you wouldn't be talking about a team that's a legitimate contender in the Western Conference. Now, I, I know Jalen Rose has forgotten more about basketball than I know. But I'm not going to go as far as to saying they're going to be on par with the Phoenix Suns, the Memphis Grizzlies, or the Golden State Warriors. But I think the Lakers would be in the play-in tournament at the very least. And for that, you do have to lay some blame at the feet of the King because he was the one primarily responsible with the construction of this roster coming into this season. Well,
1: Russ, for his part, not ready to give up on the dream. Here he is after the game.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the plan. You know, but, you know, everything, nothing is promised. You... Kind of got to take one day at a time each
1: day. Um And like I said, all season long, you got to play the cards you dealt. Yes, you know, we want to be able to see what that looks like, what that entails over the course of it, you know, 82-game season. But we're not sure if that's guaranteed neither. So, you know, I just
0: hope that we have a chance to better do so in the future.
3: <laughs>
1: Yeah, nothing is promised, but I can promise you you will not be back with the Lakers.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can translate this for you, Colin. I like being at home, and I like the $47 million player option that I got coming up next season. You and I were talking before the show. Their best option may be the stretch buyout.
1: I mean, that honestly may be it when it comes to him if they are actually going to try to be able to – do something to construct something that would work and to me that would involve a stretch buyout and it would involve a trade of anthony davis
0: yeah i think the russell westbrook move is one that's more clear cut it's obviously not a fit and so i'm all about moving off of him i don't think you're going to get anything of significance in return you're not bringing back an all-star caliber player Um, So the best that you can hope for if you were going to make a trade with somebody else would be able to bring over some role players. Here's the problem with that, Carlin. Who wants that $47 million salary? I mean, it is an expiring contract, but who wants that around the NBA? I I don't know that there are going to be a lot of takers. And if you were supposed to sweeten the pot and throw in a draft pick, the only draft pick that the Lakers have of significance is that 2027 first-round pick. Do you really want to attach that pick if you're Rob Palenka or Jeannie Buss to Russell Westbrook in a trade? I, I, I wouldn't want to do that. That's going to be a really good pick because the team is going to be awful in 2027.
1: I think it's buy him out and suck it up and try to make something happen beyond that. Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Chris Carlin, Chris Canty, in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Next, major trade was made in the NFL this week when it comes to the draft. So how will it affect how things play out in the draft? We are going deep next with Mel Kuyper, Jr. Keep it where it is. Carlin Canty in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny,
3: the podcast. must be 21 plus and present in select states gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER terms and conditions apply see app for details
1: chris carlin chris canty in for greenie today on espn radio presented by progressive insurance the draft is just a little over three weeks away trades continue to happen there are now eight teams who have more than one first round pick this year it's absolutely crazy and it brings us to some straight talk brought to you by straight talk wireless and we welcome in the first draft podcast and of course espn nfl draft expert mel kuyper jr who just during the break was lamenting the fact that opening day for his baltimore orioles usually does not mean anything particularly good mel
2: well, and the division we're in, and the fact that you know, a lot of young guys that they're trying to develop, Mike Elias, the, uh, the GM, and, and all that going on. So uh, I'm going to be patient. Uh, you know, the Orioles have always been an iconic franchise. What they meant to Major League Baseball over the years has been incredible. And I expect the Orioles to be back. Uh, Tampa Bay, the, the Rays, they do it. Oakland does it. You can do it. Uh, you know, In a division that has some some powerful teams that are there every year, Tampa proves that uh, the Rays prove every year that they're competitive. and. And uh, I hope the Orioles can be within the next, say, two, three years.
1: That's what I love about Mel. You're going to get an answer on anything, and it's going to be in-depth, and he's going to give you exactly what's going on. Mel, first of all, uh, your take this week on the trade that transpired uh, with the Eagles and the Saints.
2: Love it for the Eagles. Uh, I think getting the extra picks and and stockpiling picks and moving forward with 2023 and 2024, and still be one spot ahead of the Saints with both picks in the first round is critical, too, because their need a wide receiver is there. Now, they did, for the Saints, get ahead of the Chargers for that left tackle Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa. In fact, they like him enough to take him there. So I love it from the Eagles' standpoint. From the Saints, I get it. Uh, They're in range now to solidify two areas, and there's no way, guys, you can move up. Up to know who you're getting, it's where they're picking. You just figure there's, there's receivers we like, there's you know guys along the defensive line we like, there may be a safety we like, could be a quarterback slide down that far. So the Saints figure there's a lot of guys we need at, at a couple positions, and we're pretty comfortable. And that also gives them the ability to maybe move up if they see a guy sliding just a bit. So I think for the Saints, I get why they did it, but I love it for the Eagles. What Howie Roseman did, uh, if Jalen Hurts is the right quarterback, they got an opportunity to really help the football team.
0: Mel, i had a chance to talk to our very own Mina Kimes, and she speculated that there could be a subsequent move for the Saints in packaging their first-round picks this year in order to move up further and go after a quarterback. Do you think there could be that potential, given the
2: timing of this move that they made with the Eagles? Chris, I don't. I, I think that Malik Willis would be a guy you would move up to get. Now, when the Saints traded up, back, what, X amount of years ago, five years ago, whenever it was, I said on the draft, I said, oh, they're moving up. It's got to be Lamar Jackson. And I was wrong. It was Marcus Davenport, and mm-hmm. Lamar ended up being the 32nd pick. You know, they traded in, the Ravens did, to get Lamar. I thought he was going to be a saint. I thought that's why you make that bold move, to get back in, to get up in the middle of the first. So here, Malik Willis would be the quarterback that has a chance to be great. He has the most talent, and we've seen with Justin Herbert and Josh Allen and Lamar, that talent has won out over a lot of quarterbacks that went ahead of them. Those guys weren't the first or second quarterback, taking the year they came out. And look what happened. So I'm, I'm going to bet on the talent, and Malik Willis, and bet on the character. On a scale 1 to 10, he's a He's a great kid, and a kid you root for, and a kid who everybody, and Chris, you know how important it is. That locker room will go through a wall for Josh Allen. That locker room will go through a wall for Lamar Jackson. And that locker room, wherever Malik Willis goes, will do the exact same thing for him.
1: First draft podcast, ESPN NFL draft expert Mel Kuyper Jr. joining Chris Carlin. Chris Canty in for Greeny. Don't forget, you can catch Mel and Darian Alexander every Saturday. Darian Mel, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. on ESPN Radio You've got two teams, Mel, that have two picks each in the top ten. We're talking about eight teams now uh, with two picks in the first round. The Jets and the Giants, as you prepare your next mock draft, do you see a whole lot shifting for them the way the landscape is looking right now?
2: It's going to be interesting to start with the Jets. The cornerback wide receiver deal or a pass rusher. So if you want the receiver – and you wait to 10, London and Drake London, USC, and Garrett Wilson, Ohio State, will probably be gone. Chris Olave, Ohio State, I don't know how they feel about him, whether he is a pick at 10 they would make. If you say we love Drake London, you take him at four because you could lose him. If you love Wilson, you take him at four. But the corner – If you love Sauce Gardner, that's kind of the word out there, that he's moved up, that he's going to be in the mix. They have a lot of corners with the Jets that are are solid two or three, but they're not a lockdown number one. And that's what a guy like Sauce Gardner could be. So if they take Sauce at four, do they get the receiver at ten? Maybe two of them are gone. Alave could be there. It's going to be interesting. And then Jermaine Johnson, the second, the pass rusher out of Florida State who had that one great year for the Seminoles with 12 sacks and the 18 hurries and the 70 tackles, he was second on the team. So they could attack it a couple different ways. The Giants, I think O-line, D-line is the way I would go, and that's the way it worked out with the Evan Neal, who some people think could drop a little bit. Todd had him going nine. If Equanu from NC State's there, I would take him over Neal. And then Thibodeau, Todd had him going three. I had him as a possibility for the Giants at seven. So it depends on how this whole thing shakes down, but I think offensive line and defensive line would have to be uh, you know two strong considerations, obviously, for the Giants.
0: And, Mel, you mentioned Tom McShay's latest mock draft. He's got edge rushers coming off with the first three picks, mm-hmm. and then the Giants going with their second top ten pick with Notre Dame safety Kyle Hamilton. How do you like that fit for Big Blue and them pairing him with Xavier McKinney?
2: Yeah, he's a good football player, Chris, and he's so unique to the position. You don't see guys like Kyle Hamilton coming out very often. Uh, you know, over the last 25 years, I went back, and I, nobody with his skill set do you see. That people say, well, he doesn't run that well. Well, you know, you know, the 40-time, once you get in the league, Chris, as you know, uh, the guys go in the third, fourth, fifth round because they don't have the elite measurables of the first-rounders, but the guys that go in the second, third, fifth round, all, a lot of them turn out to be a lot better than the first-rounders because once you get in the league, number one, they don't have a round on your jersey, and they don't have a 40-time on your jersey, so, and nobody knows what you run once you get in the league so for Kyle Hamilton he plays fast he's got great range he's got really good ball skills he tackles well and I think for a a defensive coordinator he will be a guy they would want on their football team if he's there he's a good pick uh he's certainly a guy that you know going into this process you thought could be the number one number two player on boards not running the great 40 has pushed him down just a bit he also he of course is coming off the injury at the end of the year
1: Mel Kuyper Jr. with us, of course, ESPN, NFL draft expert. I want to go back to us for a second to the receivers that we've talked about. Um, Mel, you know, we've seen that the possibility that a guy like DK Metcalf could be available via trade. If you are a team like the Jets, do you like the receivers enough in the draft? where they are picking with those two picks in the top ten, where you would hold off in making a trade for a guy that's a lot more established that you're trying to pair uh, with, um, uh, with Zach Wilson.
2: Yeah, the big receiver, and that's what DK is, is a freakish talent. We know that. And, and to have a guy like that with Barrios, with Elijah Moore, Davis, I mean, it would give Zach Wilson that, that kind of target that they really don't have. But Drake London could do the same thing. And uh, there's other receivers in, Traylon Burks from Arkansas as well as a big target. Uh, there's guys even down the line, Christian Watson, North Dakota State, uh, George Pickens from Georgia. Yeah, I like Isaiah Weston out of Northern Iowa as a third to fourth rounder. So the depth at wide receiver, you're going to find guys all the way through this draft, there's 20 to 25 are going to be, have a chance to be either ones, twos, or threes. So, I, in, in terms of the wide receiver core with these respective teams. So, I, the DK is a special talent, a, a freakish talent, uh, but these receivers are so good that you know, you'd be, you've got to figure based on last year with Waddle and Devontae and Chase, the way they tore it up. Uh, these guys, some of these guys are going to come in and do equally as good a job this year. Talking with
0: ESPN NFL Draft expert Mel Kuyper Jr. And Mel, every year there's always a prospect that gets labeled boom or bust that's poised to come off the board early in the NFL Draft. Who's this year's boom or bust guy in your opinion?
2: I love the question because that's what we try. They're kind of the guys, Chris, you say, I really don't know what he's going to be. I struggle with this player. And I think it would be Trayvon Walker from Georgia. He may go as high as two. Some think one. He certainly tested off the charts, but he didn't have the sack numbers. But I loved his quickness inside. I saw the quickness when he, ha- he was playing inside. I didn't see it outside. And that's where they got to figure out where you can maximize all that ability. So he would definitely be number one for me. And, and number two, I think when you look at Jordan Davis. At Georgia's teammate. yeah, The stamina, the weight, will it be 340? Will it be 360? If you're not a pass rusher a defensive tackle, you better be surrounded by great ones like Ashawn Robinson was with the Rams this year, and he had great value because he's a run stuffer. And they had Yvonne you know, Miller, and you had Aaron Donald, and Floyd, and everybody getting after the quarterback. He could do his job, and they could still get after the quarterback. So I think the two Georgia kids, Walker and Davis, would fall into that category for me.
1: Mel, Kayvon Thibodeau, we're hearing about the motor, and that's why he could potentially slide. You've been doing this forever. Rate the rumors when you hear about a guy's motor when it comes to this particular position and this particular player in this instance from what you've seen.
2: I watched him, and I, and Chris, you played in the league. I mean, to go hard every single play in college, and he spoke to this. There's so many plays in a college football game, and he was banged up against Fresno State, and he didn't shut it down. He played. Give him total credit for that. Uh, you know, Thibodeau needs to develop. It's it's not the motor. I, I think that's very very much uh, not accurate. It, to me, it's the pass rush moves. His first step quickness, his get off is the best of any defensive lineman in this draft. His strength is unmatched. Okay? You can move him inside, outside. He, he, he was disruptive, but the ability to vary your pass rush move, develop a pass rush move, that's coaching. And once he learns that, I think he's going to be even a much better player. So I'm not buying into uh, the fact that he doesn't play hard. I, I, the games I watched, he, he did a, as good a job as you would want from an from a, uh, aggressive, intense, toughness focused standpoint. And the fact that he didn't shut it down uh, spoke volumes to me about the fact that he wants to be a great player a little bit more than the people say well he's a he's a me he's an I guy he's not we and us I've heard that before about guys I've never bought into that
0: yeah talking to Mel Kuyper and Mel one of the things that we know about this year's draft is that the wide receiver position is is one of the deepest in this year's NFL Mm -hmm. draft and I'm curious to know from your perspective how the wide receiver market knowing that there are nine wide receivers in the National Football League that are making over twenty million dollars on average annual value. How will that dictate the complexion of this year's first couple of rounds in the NFL draft?
2: I think they're gonna fly off the board, Chris. I think they're gonna fly off. Uh, even the guy like Jameson Williams coming off an ACL is gonna go in the first round. I think you're gonna have a, a load of second round. Sky more to me, and I brought his name up a lot. I don't know why he's not getting first round. Talk. He's a great player at Western Michigan. You will love his tape. He, he's has a little Steve Smith in him, the way he stiff arms, the way he breaks tackles. I think Alec Pierce from Cincinnati, you know, could be a heck of a player. Calvin Austin, the third out of Memphis, is a Hollywood Brown type who's tough and returns punts and can fly. Uh, you know, Valish Jones out of Tennessee, Velas Jones Jr. out of Tennessee, returns return game, also an underrated receiver. You got slot guys like Wandale Robinson in Kentucky, Khalil Shakir at Boise State, John Mechie the third at Alabama. Also coming off of an injury, you got a Christian Watson who's got great length, had a heck of a career when he was with Trey Lance. He was outstanding at North Dakota State. I mean, Isaiah Weston, the kid I mentioned earlier out of Northern Iowa, is an underrated sleeper type. Uh, to me, they're gonna—you'll see probably guys six to seven in the first, another five or six in the second, another five or six in the third. So, at the time we get finished the third round, I think you're going to have between certainly between fifteen and twenty wide receivers taken.
1: Love it, Mel. Love it, and we're three weeks away. Thanks it. Thanks for the time. We appreciate it as always, and know it's incredibly busy. Thanks again.
2: Really appreciate it, guys. Take care.
1: That's it. That's Mel Kuyper Jr. bringing us the Straight Talk. Brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. You can catch him, of course, on the first first draft podcast. He is ESPN NFL's uh, draft expert, and on the Dari and Mel show every Sunday, Saturday from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m.
3: Yeah. Yeah. so Canty you haven't
1: done this show with us a lot so one of the things we do around here is you can't make mistakes and if you make mistakes you, you can't ever you, make we a mistake call you or misspeak a, it's a, it's a, or, or do anything where you just make an accidental no, no, no this isn't an accidental, we, no, all know who accidental. Da-
3: we all know who Dari Noka is Dari yes. Noka and Mel Kuyper have the longest running radio show a duo um, on ESPN Radio
1: Correct. they've been Hello. Doing it for years and years and years and years right. and then when mike and mike darian mel <laughs> exactly and you know we put it up there we want to promote it bubba overseas saturdays right like hey we want it much pub yes, as much that's pub. a direct insult to me exactly and then this happens with uh with carlin don't forget you can catch mel and darian alexander every saturday darian mel 10 a.m to 1 p.m what <laughs> what was that bro it just happens once a while where you misspeak there's I know more Darry, than big, no, big okay. fella
0: big fella I got you back it shows the level of professionalism that you have the fact that you just powered through that thing well, that you, you, just, it,
1: you didn't let didn't that derail that the I segment Dari alexander who is, a, is an anchor in new york yeah, on we tv had to look that yeah, up you
0: start we're... you started talking in tongues big fella that's what happened
1: but i'm glad we got that you pushed past it though I got uh, five texts saying "dairy," Alexander. Dairy, D-A-I-R-Y. Dairy. A, a dairy. Did I really say dairy? Don't forget, you can catch Mel and Darry Alexander every Saturday. Got, like and dairy. Mel and <laughs> First of all, the worst part is that I said Alexander, who again is a TV anchor in New York, and yes. it just, it just, it. I misspoke. It was a bad moment.
0: It wasn't good. It wasn't good. Don't forget, I, can I feel like you guys Mel are bad and teammates. every
1: Saturday, and Mel, ten a.m. to one p.m. Darian, Mel. They're,
0: they're they're bad teammates. I mean, Bubba Nuno, they're bad teammates, Carl. That's I mean, nothing they don't, new. They don't have they don't have to it's bring okay. up the flaws. They don't have to highlight the mistakes. No, we just a, push it, past oh. it and keep it going. By all means,
1: by all you're, you're, means, you're, you're self-deprecating
0: enough. You don't have to highlight your mistakes from your teammates. You don't have to have that. Well, what, are, I, don't deserve what, are, that.
1: what else are we supposed to highlight? The positives.
0: Yes, the positives. What's wrong with that?
1: <laughs> He's saying there aren't any. <laughs> wow. Wow. Look, put me on the burner. You do whatever you have to do to get to sleep at night, Bubba. That's fine. I misspoke. Apologies to Dari of course. I know Dari and Mel. And it, I just misspoke. I misspoke. It's one of those bad moments that Players I Players mess now. up. Players mess up. It's all good.
0: Yeah. You're good.
1: Bubba, good luck. I hope you get to sleep tonight, and I hope it's freezing on opening day at City Field next week.
0: Thanks. <laughs> well, yeah, this season's going to come off the rails in the first month. You don't have to worry about that. Uh, yeah, guy. well.
1: He's a mess fan. <laughs> it is Chris Carlin, Chris Canty on ESPN Radio, filling in for Greeny today. Apologies to Dari Noka. No doubt about it. I I cannot believe I said Daria. Dari Alexander. I'll own it. I will own it every bit of it. Uh, Well, in just moments, we get into Tiger and what the expectations are and why everybody just, you got to chill. You got to chill when it comes to Tiger, plus a major, major contract extension in the NFL today, and another wide receiver is getting paid. So what does that mean for DK Metcalf? We discuss Carlin Canty on ESPN Radio.
3: Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! playmaking splash shifted the tempo another great cocktail from the hypnotic team every season is hypnotic and tequila season hypnotic liqueur bardstown kentucky 17 percent alcohol by volume hypnotic reminds you to think wisely drink wisely
2: as of right now i feel like i am going to play
3: it will bring an unimaginable additional layer of interest
2: to this event Look, it's been said for years that Tiger doesn't move the needle. He is the needle.
3: We're going places that have never been gone before. There's a guy almost had to have his leg amputated, and, and now all of a sudden he's going to go out there and try and win the Masters.
2: Now everything is focused on how do I get myself into a position where I'm on that back nine on Sunday with a chance. What would be
3: the most improbable win I could ever imagine?
1: Great story. We get to it here in four minutes. Tiger at Augusta. Chris Carlin, Chris Canty, in for Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. For all the ones who get it done, Granger's here for you they're always there to help granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry along with 24 7 support experienced staff curbside pickup at over 250 local branches and you can get free access to product specialists ready to help you track down hard to find items plus granger's commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call 1-800-GRANGER, click granger.com, or just stop by. Carlin and Canty, and boy, what a good day for Stefan Diggs. What a good day. What a good offseason. What a good life for every big-time receiver in the NFL. The Bills gave Diggs an extension. Four years, $104 million, including $70 million, guaranteed so he now is tied up for the next six years technically at a total value of 124 million dollars look he's been worth every single penny and every single asset that the bills gave up to trade uh to get him from the minnesota vikings chris and to me this is one of those guys that When we talk about be careful when you trade for a big-time receiver, well, this would be the example as to why you do it when you have the opportunity if you know it's the right guy.
0: Well, Carl, and all I know is the people at the bank act so friendly to Mr. Diggs because that's what they call him when he walks through the doors with that contract extension that the Buffalo Bills just gave him. But you're right. This is why you go out and get a receiver like this because you need a true number one when you have a young franchise quarterback that you're trying to develop. And that's really where we saw the ascension of Josh Allen, right? It's when he got Stephon Diggs, a guy that could dictate front and coverage, somebody that can clean up the picture in terms of knowing what the defense is doing pre-snap because they've got to account for Stefan Diggs being able to take the top off of the defense. The coverage is going to lean that way. The safeties show a little bit earlier, and that helps out a young quarterback in terms of understanding what the picture is and getting the offense in the best play to take advantage of the look that the defense is presenting. So, yeah, you're right. Stephon Diggs is absolutely worth it. And then when you look at where this team has been, back-to-back playoff appearances, they were in the AFC Championship game a couple of years ago this past year. They should have been in the AFC Championship game had it not been for a special teams gaffe. But this is a team that's poised to compete for a championship. And although the Bills didn't have to do a deal because they did have a couple of years remaining on Stephon Diggs' deal, they went ahead and did it anyway because you want one of your team leaders, one of your team captains, happy as you're going into this dynastic window that you've now opened up because you have Josh Allen as your quarterback. To me, the Seahawks absolutely should not try to sign
1: D.K. Metcalf long-term with the position that they're in and with this money that is now being thrown around with receivers. If you're the Jets right now, that's why, to me, it is absolutely worth, let's say it's the 10th pick plus uh I would make the deal to go and get D.K. Metcalf as opposed to drafting one of the guys up top because, Chris, I just think that kind of player with Zach Wilson and Elijah Moore and Corey Davis, I think it could be really, really good. Look, they're they're a couple of years off as it is, but D.K. Metcalf is 25 years old.
0: Yeah, and and that's the thing, right? D.K. Metcalf has a lot of runway in terms of being able to have – a prime that you can take advantage of when you're paying them big money. So it it makes sense to go after a guy like that. The question is, what is it going to cost? There's no way you're giving up the fourth overall pick, but should the 10th pick be in play? That's a question of what else the Seattle Seahawks want, but that's also a question of what kind of contract extension DK Metcalf is looking for. Because, Carlin, we understand it's a sliding scale. The, the draft compensation going back to the team is also in part going to be dictated by the kind of contract that the player is looking for. And if yep. you're DK Metcalf, why would you settle for anything less than $22, $23, 24000000 million a year you on wouldn't. average annual value? You wouldn't. Not what, what Tyreek Hill just got and Devontae Adams just got and Stephon Diggs. Not what Mike Williams just got. I mean, DK Metcalf, in my opinion, is clearly a better receiver than Mike Williams. And he got $20 million on average annual value this year to stay with the Chargers. So, to me, it would be inconceivable for, for the Jets to, to give up significantly more than the 10th overall pick in order to bring over DK Metcalf, even though I'm willing to acknowledge that a receiver like DK Metcalf can change the trajectory of Zach Wilson. 303 Products has your
1: number with a full line of premium protectants and cleaners. They have everything you need to keep your car looking new longer. Carlin and Canty in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Then there's Tiger, and it looks like it's going to be an amazing story should he be able to go. It sounds like he will. Here he is yesterday when he was asked what a successful weekend for him would be.
2: Well, I think that the fact that I was able to get myself here to this point is a, is a success. And now that I am playing, now everything is focused on how do I get myself into a position where I'm on that back nine on Sunday with a chance, um, just like I did you know, a few years ago.
1: I think the first part of his answer was the most important. Chris, we're going to talk more about this, but... We need to temper our expectations and hopes here. You can you can get hopeful and we're all rooting for him to do something special, but at the same time, the fact that he's here is remarkable. Colin,
0: I'm not going to say it's not remarkable because the guy nearly had his right leg amputated. We're talking about being 14 months removed from a car accident that nearly took his life. So, it's exceptional. The fact that we're even talking about Tiger Woods participating in a PGA Tour event, let alone the biggest stage that the sport has to offer at the Masters Tournament at Augusta National. So I'm excited about seeing it, but it sounds like you want to douse cold water on this thing and try to temper the optimism that all of the fans that are going to be watching the Masters this weekend have and seeing Tiger Woods for the first time in over a year. We've got so much more to say about Tiger in this weekend
1: and what it could look like. But, man, what a jam-packed show we have for you. Carlin and Canty in for Greeny. Will the Lakers end up being the biggest disappointment of the season? That's next.